I love you so much that the sky makes me think I wish there were more Tracy. <laughs> Tracy, I love you so much that your face reminds me of everything I ever want to see forever. When I think of how you sit near me, I want you to sit closer all the time. When you're not in the room with me, I wish that you would come somewhere where I was. <laughs> How are you, Tracy? Fine. How are you doing, Josh? I'm good. We're trying a new recording method, too. Woohoo! I don't think the, um, our recording, I don't feel like my sound quality can be any uh, worse than um, in my first podcast, which is called Spiritual Not Religious, by the way. Josh has been on several episodes toward the end of, I'm not that I'm done done with that series, but Josh joined the series, and then we discovered that the particular, the way that he and I communicate with each other kind of was taking a different turn and it made sense to start a new one and uh, Josh came up with a great name for this podcast and what is it Josh? Just Deep Enough. Just Deep Enough. Deep Conversations. Okay, the idea is that here we are, you and me Tracy, we, we have the ability to have interesting discussions. We enjoy talking to each other and one of the fun things we do now is we record the conversations and we can listen to them later and laugh about it. Other people may end up listening to this and so it's a fun thing that Tracy and I do together and <laughs> that's that's kind of how it goes. Just deep enough. It's like a deep conversation. Not too deep, but just deep enough. You know? Yeah, deep enough for what? Deep enough to en- enjoy exploring the ideas, answering questions that don't have a definitive answer. Something that you can't just go Google it and find out what it is. Something that you can't say. There was a study that showed X, Y, Z. And proved it. Like, we can definitely draw upon all sorts of studies, which will have ambiguous results as studies really actually usually do. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So today, for the first uh, episode of the show, uh, one of the things that definitely science cannot prove and can't really actually disprove. It's one of those things where you cannot prove a negative, I guess you might say. And that is, are there ghosts? What happens after we die? Who are these these ghosts? Are there ghosts? You like spooky stuff. Yeah, I do. Ghosts. 
That's how well, I don't could just go some uh, in terms of for my entertainment, my leisure time entertainment. I don't necessarily go straight for just ghosts. It has to have some kind of a weird twist, like the others. That was a good one. Turned out that the characters that you thought were the humans were actually they were the ghosts. Kind of, I don't know. And then Sixth Sense. Oh, spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't seen the show. Sorry. Yeah. That whole spoiler alert thing. I don't know. Well, I I want ghosts to be part of my life. I don't want to be scared by them, though. I I like the idea that there is this rich experience with beings that were once dead. I mean, are most ghosts... You know a little bit more about ghosts. Were most ghosts once people who were dead? Well, when people talk about ghosts, and, and when people talk about ghosts, there's a whole bunch of different factors that you have to kind of calculate in with it because I don't think that we are our personalities and so and I think what we are is much richer and broader and and more significant than just what the aspect of a personality hanging out non-corporally after the death of a person I mean I I sure as heck wouldn't want to spend eternity being a ghost because that would be so boring right but I think if there is if there are what we refer to as ghosts specifically ghosts as opposed to other kinds of non-corporeal phenomena oh Tabitha the cat she likes to get involved by being super annoying and now she's knocking stuff off the top of the of the well, this is one of the things that ghosts do occasionally in the stories is things fall off shelves. Right. You know, we, we have these kind of... But wh- there's theories about what a poltergeist is that is different than a ghost. So let's define terms for a minute. I'm going to say a ghost. When I say a ghost, I would say, and I don't know for sure if a... I'm not sure what the phenomenon of a ghost is exactly, but when I say ghost, I would mean a remnant of the personality of a person who had been alive that and that remnant of that personality is still hanging out kind of walking through the motions of its previous experience but I doubt that the whole depth and breadth of all that is a a a consciousness a human consciousness that was a poltergeist Mm -hmm. a poltercat poltercat Um, um, that I am, I am quite confident that for the most part when people die the bigger part of their consciousness moves on to do something much more interesting than hang out and you know rattle, rattle hangers in the closet so, so but I do think that, that some aspect of the personality is sort of a projection of some aspect of the emotional state of the person when they died or things like that might project itself into the physical space of you know associated with the building that the person died in or certain objects that they were attached to or certain people that 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 but that is not the sum total of of the human I, I do tend to think that we, in one way or another, whether it's reincarnation or something else that we can't quite wrap our heads around from this dimension, that this, the consciousness continues in some more interesting journey than hanging out and bugging people. 
so when I say ghost, I mean that, but like a, a poltergeist, what people call poltergeist, which you know, means noisy ghost, there's a lot of suggestion that that might, rather than being an entity or a ghost, it might be a projection of the psychokinetic energy of a person who's very agitated or an adolescent who has a bunch of energy bouncing off of them and moving stuff around. So from the standpoint of a person who has had experiences that they would say can be attributed to the presence of a ghost. So there are people who will, you know, describe experiences that coincide with what you've just explained. They have had events take place in their lives. They've maybe heard sounds, had feelings, temperatures, all kinds of things, maybe even seen images of some kind or just mm-hmm. sensed things. Mm-hmm. So these are the individuals that quote unquote believe based on their own experience. Um, the majority of people from day to day life have not had that experience, have had that direct experience that gives them a solid sense. You know, I'm just I'm taking a look at the categories of people who believe quote unquote in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Well I'll tell you what there's a lot more people who've had ghost experiences than you will ever realize because people do not tell anybody. And because of, because I am, first of all, people can kind of tell usually that I'm a pretty open-minded person. Um, and, and often tell me, you know, things that they might not tell another, tell just everyone that they might feel shy to tell. I find out that people that you would never suspect as being having had paranormal experiences a lot of people have had weird paranormal experiences that are really quite uncanny and not easily explained so here going back to kind of the the aim of these discussions where i'm trying to find find answers or even explore not necessarily mysteries but just look at things that are kind of up in the air. This is an example then of people who aren't willing to... There's a lot more going on than people are willing to talk about. So the question that I would ask is, why aren't people willing to talk about it? What's what's holding people back from sharing these experiences is almost just as interesting a tale as what are these experiences themselves. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know? So why do you suppose people don't talk about it? I think it has to do with a, a fear of death that the living have. Mm. You know? I mean, when That we, they feel like if they talk about the spooky experience, it'll bring death? Something related to death stuff is, is where I mm. want to go with this. Interesting. We're just trying to, like, what is at the root of the, the fear or the, the reluctance? Well, I've always, frankly, I would assume that people have such a fear of being thought to be crazy or to be judged or, you know, have people just believe them. So that's what I've always assumed. But I mean, you're taking it to kind of a, sort of a, another level of that maybe it's about people being afraid of, that they're associating mortality with, with, because why would that stop somebody from acknowledging that, okay, they have seen a ghost, let's say, this person who they believe they've seen a ghost, yeah. but they don't tell anybody. Yeah, 
right. except maybe this one person or something, but they're like, yeah. don't tell anybody. And then you find out later they've uh-huh. had these spooky, weird experiences. Um, There's something uncomfortable about telling the experiences. It, it could have something to do with being judged to be crazy or something like that that they're uncomfortable with. Uh-huh. Um, still, I just I can't imagine that that would be the, the main reason that, that people hold back about talking about it. I mean, there's something related to the, the spookiness of it that people can not conceal, but only talk about with, say, friends or others that have had similar experiences or people they feel safe to talk about. I think this is something that we'll, we will find arching into other explorations of deep questions is that there are questions that would be a lot easier to answer if people were more willing to talk about them. On a on a large scale, no. Well, yeah, I would say that's true. Um, I am not all that shy about talking about things. I don't tell everybody everything, but if I think that somebody is a receptive audience, or or just even my friend, and I feel like what you know that I'll say, I'll tell them all kind of stuff, yeah. and then people tell me all kind of stuff. But so I I don't have I don't have an intensive restrict like I don't have a I don't have a fear of what other people think to the degree that I it constrains my behavior particularly I would say you know you know except for yeah the obvious things like right well I think the the value of talking about things that are usually kept hidden one of it one of it's one of the ways to combat a sense of well fear maybe shame maybe confusion Um, I'm just I'm seeing this exploration into like what ghosts are or do they exist not just as a way of you know bringing it into a place of dialogue but also using this idea that there are things that aren't usually discussed and why isn't it discussed why is that why is there not more data about this mystery out there you know well there are certainly lots of people in certain areas that are doing lots of lots of attempts at gathering data it's true like what's what's going on with the like the scientific approach to this is it something where i mean art and mythology are combating science for evidence or something like that or Mm, i don't know i'm sure that people who are really into like paranormal investigation stuff would say that that is true and maybe it is i would say that if a topic is considered to be irrelevant to study, a bias of science is they won't bother studying it. Like, they'll say it's kind of like, oh, well, that's too stupid, so don't study it. Or they're not going to get funding to study it, or things like that. But there are... Um, so I'm not really sure that... I'll, that um, there's not evidence of those things. But okay, let's let's look at it this way. Let's say that we could prove there are ghosts. Let's just say hypothetically for fun. Yeah. That we could prove, yes, there are ghosts. Yeah. Mm, what would that mean? What would the implications of that be? I think the implications would be that um, just there would be new... There would be a, an adaptation in our culture around, I don't know, just how to live with that fact. How would it be different than it is now? Because, like, how would we live? Have to, how would we live with that fact 
differently if we could prove it were true? I think rituals surrounding um, death, not necessarily rituals, but culture's perceptions of the experience of, of death and people dying would change. I think the process of grieving would change. The way in which humans handle grief would change. Um, I think would it though? Because people who believe, who are confident that there is an afterlife and they have a very specific idea of what that afterlife is, like say a person believes in a particular sort of heaven. When yeah. I die, I will go to heaven. Yeah. And they're quite confident of that. Yeah. And their family's all confident of that. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, yep, fixing to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. People still grieve. say that there's something that would happen when um, that understanding of what happens post-death becomes a sort of a fact that is not affiliated with their their spiritual path you know this this is where I think some of the reluctance to talk about it comes out because it goes into this this realm of the world of, of mysteries that in order to maintain a person's sense of identity they attach their beliefs to a like a, a consensus answer for one of the mysteries. So if like a question was answered that no longer the answer wasn't encapsulated in a spiritual belief system, then there would have to be some variety of sort of secular experience. So it would become I just there's something in my mind that just the difference when you say if we could prove it, the main difference would be a new relationship to death itself you know mm. less less fear about I don't death. think so because people yeah. who do believe in ghosts because some people here's the thing uh-huh. I mean you can test that theory yeah. by just measuring people who do believe in ghosts versus people who uh-huh. don't believe in ghosts and how uh-huh. do how you know do what does one group have us have a measurably more positive or less fearful idea of death and I would say no, because just because, I mean, you're a pretty, um, I would say, tip, kind of a, you lean to the empirical, yeah. and you lean to, yeah. like, secular, I think. Right. And, uh, and are more, I would say, agnostic on topics of the unknown, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, you might be, in a sense, projecting that if there were empirical evidence, it might change your idea of what it would be like after death. But I don't think it would change it for everybody because some people already believe that and they might still have a fear of death. Or like the, the country song, there's a country song, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now. Right. <laughs> so even people that have this sense of like a paradise yeah. after you die, they're not in a big dangle rush to get there and and um and uh so i'm not sure that that's true i think that it would be an interesting thing do people who believe in ghosts have a more comfortable idea of an afterlife than people who don't if i thought i was going to be a ghost after i died i'd be like pretty bummed out about it though personally because it seems so boring but i have had experiences of helping people who were having so, I mean, the, the nature of this discussion is it's really, you're a person that's had sort of direct experiences with this, whereas me, like you said, very, I 
empirical, very agnostic, and, and only skeptical really because I just have an absence of experiences around it, as well as just not a general interest. Even people that don't have direct experiences sometimes are really interested in the topic, like the stories they like a lot, or they like hearing other people's stories about it, right? It can be almost just a hobby for people. Mm-hmm. No, it totally is a hobby yeah, for yeah. people, like they yeah. like to go to places where there are ghosts and whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Do you see yourself as a bit of a, an advocate for people to become more open to phenomena like ghosts and things like that? I am an advocate for people to feel comfortable expressing their experiences. Like, I don't care if somebody's open to it or not, but if someone has experiences and they feel like they have to hide that, yeah. then I am an advocate for them to share it where they when and where they feel safe. To do so, and I usually re- let them know that hey, guess what? You are not unusual here. Like mm-hmm. people don't like to admit it, mm-hmm. but but I'm not like a true believer either. I've had it's like in a lot of the experiences that I've had that are um, I don't know how would you say paranormal. Yeah, I've had a variety yeah. of paranormal experiences. And yet, I wouldn't call myself a true believer. I'm more of a practical believer Uh in the sense that experiences I've had and interventions I've made in certain settings have been helpful to the people. Mm -hmm. Like, I helped a lady who had... it's, It's so funny. Here's me, right? Here's me feeling shy to talk about some of my own experiences because I guess yeah there you go I just landed right against up against that it's like I'm like oh well I'm a professional and you know what if you uh-huh. think I'm weird now and get uh-huh. blah 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 so it's funny I'm coming because there's like a few stories I could tell yeah yeah but um but I feel a, a sense of um resistance myself so there you go yeah. well isn't that meta it is there's something that, you know, I, as a person who have not had or wouldn't identify them as paranormal kind of experiences, I really think that the value of looking at these questions, like ghosts in particular, has to do with helping people understand, work with fear and death. Those are the two things I think about. You say the word ghost and I think fear and death. I think scary stuff, I think spirits, and I think the unknown and mysteries, you know. And when you say if we could prove them, my science mind likes to say, well, then they would be an understood phenomenon. It wouldn't be as scary, you know, because... Well, that's true. I think that's true. You know, so that's, I think, what would be different is that ghosts wouldn't be as scary. There may still be, like, I don't know, a risk to certain ghosts. I've heard stories about some people... Like feeling like they were harmed, like like a psychological disturbance, you know, like the persistent presence of an awareness of a ghost create a, creates a lot of stress for people. Might be one of the reasons why they want ghosts out of their house, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's this idea of people wanting to feel settled or a sense of peace or that they've moved on, you know. Well, and I think when people have interactions with like the recently deceased or a particular relative that is significant them that might pass along a message to them. I don't consider that as necessarily 
a ghost per se. Again, like I have like a variety of sort of categories. I might like a ghost. I would think is like this sort of an apparition, a, 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 a fragment of a psych of a personality that might still be tromping around. Where the rest of that consciousness that was at one point associated with a particular personality might be off doing something much more interesting, learning other things or whatever. If the majority of a personality was stuck in this realm, um, I think that would be very unfortunate. I think it's possible. I think, well, from a Buddhist perspective, like if you think about like the Tibetan Book of the Dead and things like that and different ideas associated with what's called like being a psychopomp or helping people cross over there's this principle that a a consciousness can become very confused and that the state of mind that you're in upon death if it is very confused you can get kind of lost and disoriented and have a hard time finding your way past what they would call the bardo which is kind of an in-between space between life and, and the other side so, and that is what a psychopomp does, is it basically helps people navigate their consciousness through that confusing state. And um, those are some of the kinds of experiences that I've had, is facilitating those kinds of crossover events. And so in that case, yes, it would be possible for someone to get stuck in the bardo, get stuck in between states, um, and maybe even get stuck, you know, in in a, a physical place. So yeah, in an extreme state, if especially if, if the consciousness at the point of death was very very confused. But you see that in other forms of Buddhism too, where they talk about the state of mind up at the. I'm not saying this is necessarily true or not true, but it's it it aligns with some of your other thinking on things. That the state of mind that a person is in when they die significantly affects how they in the case of like reincarnation how easily they can incarnate into the next state so do they get stuck do they get confused so that's part of the 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 sort of ethos that you see in a lot of buddhist teachings about having as high of a life state or as high of a state of consciousness at the point of death as possible to to reduce the risk of getting confused and disoriented. So, I have a theory that suddenly come to me is that um, as a living person right now, I I am basically an organized coalescence of ghosts right now. You know, like when when I die, there's a, a fragmentation of consciousness perhaps of some kind, or there potentially is one such that there is a, you know, some, something that's still there that isn't like a a full person, but there's something there. And it leads me to believe that while living, the potential for that fragmentation is present at all times, but under much more volitional control, you know, because it's embodied in like uh, a living state, an organism. So one way to, to look, maybe to explore this idea of ghosts, is that they are not, this is my like, like breakthrough, is that I've been associating them with something that's created at the time of death. Now that might actually be just when like, 
they are noticed most extremely because the, the rest of the pieces of consciousness are no longer there, so it's obvious. So something in me wants to think right now that ghosts are really a phenomenon of, of living material and that they're scary only because usually ghosts are part of the living person and that's why they're scary, you know? It's like the idea that, I don't know, there's something about in order to interact with you, like you have a, another consciousness, it's like you talked about projection earlier, it's like I put a ghost into the world, you know? And so that seems to be, to be what might be happening here. So the idea really is that the ghosts of the living are what's there. Like we are like a, a ghost cluster is what a human is. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, I see it more as like dimensions of consciousness. So like personality is a rather provisional, mm-hmm. um, unsophisticated aspect of consciousness. It's the one that we lean into and kind of... It's what typically drives the bus for us in this when we're in this realm. So we identify with it. But even in Buddhism, you know, you are not your personality, you're not your thoughts, you know, you're not all those ideas that you see in Buddhism. It's like you are, well, if you are not your personality, then what are you? That implies already that there's something more core than the personality. And I think a ghost might just be kind of like, a sh- like the personality aspect of consciousness kind of just gets shed just kind of lands. I think that's why you would might you would a, a ghost isn't. A, it's just like it's like somebody's mask fell off and left. They left it. Yeah, yeah. No, this is really good. That that idea of it being a mask that fell off that left. I'm just thinking if we look at it a little bit like a even like a snake skin too. I don't know. We're getting close to the end though. We've got half an hour. I think the question exploration, though, is is worthy here. One, because you have these personal experiences with it. The other one is that we're trying to find some reason for even exploring the question. And then we have this contrast where me is like I'm a skeptic, and I probably will be mostly a skeptic until we have more conversations where I get more details, or I have my own experiences. Yeah, and I have no problem with skepticism because I myself am a skeptic. I only I, I only believe in things that I that because I've had reason to believe in them. You know what I mean? I don't try to believe in stuff. It just happens, and I have to figure it out. But anyway, okay. So yeah, it's um that's the end of the first episode of Hang on, let's not don't no 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 you gotta gotta close it up, man. We're getting trigger happy with that. So okay, thank you, Josh, for that's pretty cool. So what's the name of the podcast? Just deep enough. Just deep enough. And that's our theme song. Okay, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.